views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And uh, as always, on the third week of the month, I have a lovely guest on Empowerment Radio who is addressing with us a topic that is on so many people's minds. And this is also the case this time. (laughs) Now, we are already almost through February. Isn't it amazing how time just is rushing by? And when you really think about it, last year, the year before, the year before, I mean, the years always go faster and faster. And we are tending to, also with the years, getting older and older. One of the videos on my YouTube channel, Dr. Friedman, that has really the most comments and the most questions is the video on aging. So many of us are in a phase in our lives where we are wondering about aging, the impact of aging, how to deal with aging. Now, the interesting thing about that comment list that I have there there are often people that are in their 30s that are already experiencing what we would call a midlife crisis. And today's topic is about the midlife. What are we going to do with this midlife? Whether you feel like you're in the midlife in your 30s, in your 20s, in your 40s, in your 50s, it doesn't matter. For many people, it means I'm in crisis mode because somehow I notice I'm not exactly the same as I used to be when I was at my best, when I had the most energy, when my memory was on top, when my skin was resisting gravity, when I felt somehow meaningful and powerful and something changed. And maybe I have also, as an older age, done so many things in my life, checked them off, accomplished them, and now what? I don't know really how to deal with this next chapter. And maybe I don't even know how to deal with myself having let go of certain roles in my life. Today's show is about the shifting from the midlife crisis, which is really optional. We don't have to go into crisis mode, to midlife courage. And again, midlife is a wide perspective. It can start anywhere, but it starts at some point. And so how can we get the courage to see this as an opportunity, the fork in the road, 
to not just do the same thing for another 40, 50, 60 years, but actually shift into something completely different, something that we haven't explored yet, something about us that we still want to figure out. Now, for this, I have the absolute perfect expert, a midlife courage coach, and also the founder of The Fork in the Road. Welcome, Sherry Clark, for to Empowerment Radio, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise and your insights with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a delight to be here. Now, Sherry, explain a little bit more what you actually do and how you got to do what you're doing. Super. So um, you mentioned my title, and my title, um, I call myself a midlife courage coach. And the reason I chose that to be my title is that I believe that it takes a lot of guts to live the second half of your life in the way that pleases you and not in the way that perhaps everyone else thinks you should be living your life. Um, and particular, when I talk about that, I'm specifically speaking um, for and about and to women. And the reason that I say that is because um, women spend so much of their lives in a caretaking role, caregiving role, where we are spouses and, um, and parents and employer, employee, we're best friends, we're volunteers, we may be taking care of elderly parents, we're constantly filling up other people's cups. And at the same time, even though we like to believe that we live in modern times, Societally, there still are barriers to entry for women in certain on certain places, um, less legally than there has been in the past. But certainly, there are things. Um, there are fewer percentage of women in certain careers, for example, um, and some studies showing that uh, we still haven't reached parity with regard to um, income and so forth. So. When I say I'm a midlife courage coach, it's to get through and process all those things so that the second half of your life is indeed better than the first half. That's the whole idea. Now, have you had personal experience with needing courage to make changes? Because I believe you had like five lifetimes in one lifetime packed in because you had certainly different roles and different uh, jobs and titles that... Uh, you were identifying yourself with for some time. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. That's a great question. I, um, I've had a lot of times that took courage, and we all have. I mean, in some cases, it's um, the rites of passage. It's simply the times that we that when we leave, for example, um, leave the nest. The, the first time, the first act of courage, very often for many of us, is leaving the family home, the home of our parents, to go off to college or to trade school or to get married and go on and start your own family. That would be um, a, a jumping point, a courage point. What makes that an easier point, a courage point, would be the fact that every, all of our peers are going through it at the exact same time. If I'm 18 when I graduate from high school and I'm going to college that fall, so are all the rest of the people that I graduated from high school with. The times that take more courage and that are more difficult to navigate or can be are the ones when it's just us or we feel like it's just us. And the reason we feel like it's just us are a couple of things. Number one, our connections societally change rather than being 
when we're all in the same high school class or college class or in that uh, structured environment, um, there's a, a, set, a natural social mechanism for sharing. We we're, live in a dormitory and there's 20 other people on your floor and you all meet in the lounge and you're in your pajamas and you're talking about life changes and all these other things. So we're going through it together. As an adult, that's not so likely to happen. I It's been a long time since I've been to a pajama party. I don't know about you, Friedman, but <laughs> it's been a while. And so I don't have that peer group. So for me personally, um, I would say one of the courage points for me that comes to mind was leaving a successful business. I ha- I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. I had owned an advertising agency for 25 years with the same business partner. It was wildly successful, which by the way, makes it harder to leave when something's good. Um, But I wasn't happy anymore. I wasn't fulfilled. My business partner and I had not seen eye to eye for many years about some very basic and fundamental things. And um, it just, it wasn't filling my cup. I had done the same thing. I started to feel stale. I started to dread going to work. I started to dread, or I started to drink more wine in the evening. um, And then little by little, give up the exercise all of this, all of the hallmark implications that I'm not happy. And so the reason that it took courage was it was good. I mean, there were so many good things. I was making lots of money. I was well-known. I had written books. I was well-regarded as an expert. I flew first class, but I didn't love it. And so it takes courage to walk from something like that into the unknown and truly make that leap of faith and say, I'm banking on the idea that what I'm going from is going to be, or that I'm going to is going to be better than what I'm leaving. And that's where the faith comes in. And that's where the courage comes in. Yeah, I can definitely relate to this because, uh, you know, I felt it took some courage to leave my career in medicine and research and then do what I chose to do now, which my passion it feels so much more meaningful what I did, than what I did before. but there is always this calculation of how much time and energy did I already invest in this how much am I giving up and what is the risk that you're taking so yeah I think but that's where I believe men and women both can relate to what you have to offer as a courage coach because these changes, these life changes, which we don't have to postpone until midlife, we can do them earlier, they take courage because there is a lot, and I think you probably have seen this with yourself and your clients, there's a lot of expectations from others on you. There are a lot of ideas on the shoulds in life versus the wants in life. And there's a lot of talk about you're naive, this is a pipe dream, child's desire to do something that's really fun. Life is not easy. Life is not fun. I'm sure you heard it all. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you did too. We, we, we share that in common. In fact, I was just telling a friend of mine this morning, one, I was 53 when I left my advertising agency career. So if you're doing the math and I've been gone for 10 years, I'll be 63 this year. And when I left at 53, I told one of my friends and she said, what are you crazy? You make great money. You you're, you do that. And she ticked off all the things that I had mentioned previously. And she said, can't you just hang in there a little longer? Can't you just like ride it out until you can retire or, you know, collect your, all your benefits. And, and I said, I was aghast. I was like, 
no, because my life is right now. Right. But that's, you know, where I think sometimes we have the idea of security, which is very much about financial stability versus securing the time that we have left in life, which seems to be always endless. No one wants to think about there is ex actually an expiration date. So that's the currency that I think, at least personally, I had to really value more at some point than the good old dollar, because in the end, you know, that's something we cannot take with us. But the time we have and the time that we enjoy is really what ultimately has the greatest uh, value and is the greatest gift for us. But I want to ask uh, about midlife after the break, what it actually means for you, because it's not just about changing careers. There are other things that you mentioned before that a lot of people are dealing with, shifts in their identities, shifts in also maybe how less busy they are. People are facing the void of, again, now what? So how can we address this in a way that actually, like you said, builds on courage and also faith? Stay tuned. We will be right back. How to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you new to playing with the law of attraction or a seasoned pro looking for an easy and organized way to monitor your co-creation endeavors as you draw them from the immaterial planes into your physical reality? Then join me over at goldenotter.us for bi-monthly new and full moon rituals where we plant seeds of intention, then harvest the fruits of our desires as part of a dynamic community in the members-only Lunar Manifestations Forum. I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream, and I can't wait to meet you. If you've ever had a broken heart, you know how painful that can be and how long it can sometimes take to heal it. I'm Megan Edge, author of The Heart's Journey, Healing Hearts, Oracle Cards, and Guidebook, published with Balboa Press and Hay House. In The Heart's Journey, I share with you my own heartbreak and how I healed it through the beautiful hearts that found me in nature. 
From taking photographs of these hearts for myself, I've created this beautiful toolkit, which includes the guidebook, which has my story, how to work with oracle cards as a healing tool, and the story of each of these hearts as they cross my path. I've also created a beautiful journal. There's a pen, a bookmark, and of course, the 42 Healing Hearts Oracle Cards. You can order the Hearts Journey, Healing Hearts Oracle Cards and Guidebook through my website, meganedge.ca, through Balboa Press, Amazon, and many other places online or your local shops. I look forward to hearing about your heart's healing. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. And uh, apparently I just had my senior moment of unplugging the microphone, which must have made me sound a little bit weaker. I'm sorry for that if you couldn't hear me that well, but uh, now the right microphone is plugged in. Hooray. And uh, yeah, we talk about midlife and the crisis versus courage solution. I mean, courage versus crisis solution. And if you have any questions, if you feel like, yeah, I need a little help, I need a little boost here, just call in 800-930-2819. Again, that's 800-930-2819. And I'm here with my guest, the founder of The Fork in the Road and a midlife courage coach, uh, Sherry Clark. Sherry, we just talked before uh, the break about midlife and uh, what people are facing. So you mentioned changing in careers as one way of just needing courage to, to really take a turn in your life towards more joy and purpose. But what other midlife challenges do you encounter in your clients? Um, well, there's a lot of them. And so it's probably in order of... Um, uh, frequency of occurrence. Um, it would probably be career is certainly one of them. And the career decision, the fork in the road there is not just whether or not you stay in one job or avenue, but when to retire or to partially retire or what does that look like? So the career part of it is multi-leveled and multifaceted. Another big one is relationship wise. Um, ma many marriages are formed when the couple is um, in their 20s. Um, and now they find themselves beyond, certainly beyond the 20s. And in some cases, the children are out of the house. So while that might have been the tie that binds or the glue that holds the relationship together, now that that's no longer there, what does this relationship look like? If we stay together, what are the, what are the ground rules? Do they change? Are they the same? Um, what if one partner retires and the other one doesn't? Um, what if one wants to travel and the other is a homebody? What if, what if? So there's a lot of those kinds of things. Um, other relationships, other familiar relationships are the relationship with the parents. Pa the parental relationship very often will do a complete swap, a switch. Mm. Um, when your parents are infirmed and um, older, senile, perhaps needing assistance? Do we keep them in the home? Do I take care of them myself? If I, if I don't take care of them myself, how do I manage the guilt around that? If there is guilt, um, becoming a grandparent, which is a wonderful thing, but it changes the dynamic of the relationship in the primary marriage, in the relationship with the, the child, um, meaning the new parent, and then with the grandparent 
parent, a grandchild, and then also the person themselves. Just the idea of calling myself a grandmother is a scary idea. <laughs> so there's a lot of those kinds of things. And I think that the final one would be um, simply dealing with our own mortality. In right. some cases, we are, we are facing some listeners, um, some of us will ha- have a diagnosis and know that our that sand in our hourglass has reduced more than we would like it to be. In other cases, it's simply the, the awareness that our bodies are changing. And you alluded to it earlier. Sometimes it's physical. My skin is sagging. I've got bat wings. My memory is fading. But in other cases, it's I can't do things anymore. Mm. So lots of things that we, a lot of, as you can see, and the, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It takes a lot of courage. Right. And so, I mean, I, I just love the kaleidoscope of, of challenges and issues that you are seeing with your clients. And it's, I completely agree. I think this is just a, one of those pivotal times in our life where we really are standing at a, at a choice point. So what are we going to do with our life, the relationships, and also the relationship to ourselves, the relationship to how we want to pursue day-to-day and uh, the things in future plannings, as we have said, you know, about mortality, about needing more help and so on. But where does the courage come in? What do you feel like is important about courage? I mean, is it about making big choices? Is it about facing the challenges? Where do you feel like people need courage? The courage usually comes in from the from the perspective of the courage to make a change mm. or, or to acknowledge the need for help and assistance. Um, I don't shovel my driveway anymore. I, I have someone do it. And part of that is for me that I don't want to spend the time and I'm in a four season state. So I'm talking about shoveling snow, <laughs> but um, it, so I, it's not something I want to do, choose to do. And I, it's, it hurts. My shoulders hurt when I'm done with it. It's not. So it, that's not a big life challenge, like whether or not to put my parents in a, a nursing home, but it's a fork in the road challenge. And those little decisions, those little things that we decide, those accumulate to, to build up to make the life that we're living. So while we're talking about the big changes, you know, do I retire or do I stay at work another year? Do I stay in this marriage or do I get a divorce? Those are certainly big forks in the road, but the little forks in the road, do I shovel my own driveway? Do I have a martini before I go to bed or do I realize that that will cost me a trip to the gym because I'm not going to get up and go, I'll hit the snooze. And do I skip the martini and go to do the workout instead? Those little forks in the road are the things that make me either be in good shape or have a good relationship with others or live a happy life. So do you feel the courage has a lot to do with also having the courage to face some facts that we like to ignore, like the facts on, well, if I have a martini, I probably will become a couch potato if I do this every day, or the facts that we do have to deal with the parents and cannot just, you know, assume that they will be able to take care of themselves. Is that one of the big courages to to face the challenges head on rather than to have this head in the sand attitude? Oh, absolutely. And, and each of us has our own zone of 
um, denial, I guess, because like what you're talking about, the opposite of facing something is denying it. Um, and we all do. And just as a little example from my own life, it's something I, I'm not proud of, but I share with people as, a, as an illustration. Um, last year, when it was time to file my income taxes, I had to reconcile some credit card statements and it felt daunting to me. I didn't want to do it. I looked at the paper, the pile of paper, and I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. I kept putting it off, putting it off. And finally, I, my, I said, my accountant said, you know, it's showtime. You got to get this done or, or you're going to be late. And I said, can we just file for an extension? Just file, just file for an extension. She said, sure, let's do it. We filed until October. So when did I do that <laughs> credit card statement? October, the following year. And when I sat down to do it, it took 45 minutes and it was nothing. I had built it into this big bear of a thing that I hated and I didn't want to do. And then when I finally faced it, it wasn't so bad. But in the process, it cost me the money for the filing, the late interest and penalties, whatever, the extra money I paid to my accountant and the lost sleep and anxiety and the guilt and the shame and the disappointment in myself and all of that crap that I could have avoided had I dealt with those credit card statements in March. So, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Well, this is so true also about health. You know, one of my colleagues in cardiology used to say that the biggest risk factor for heart attack, especially in men, is not smoking or eating double cheeseburgers. The, the biggest risk factor is denial, that they just don't go to the doctor. They don't have the courage to say, well, something doesn't feel right here in my chest when I'm walking a flight of stairs. Maybe I should get checked out. That is really where they are missing the courage because they don't necessarily want to face the fact that they do need either to have an intervention or have some kind of a lifestyle change. But how do you give people courage? You know, courage is such an abstract. What does it even mean? Does it mean just to ignore the risk? Or does it mean that, you know, all of a sudden you become bold and powerful? How do you infuse courage into people's minds? I think the biggest way, the best way, and the, the most prevalent, fastest way is sharing the load. It's, mm. it's speaking your truth out loud to one trusted other. Pick a trusted other. Um, for Obviously, I'm a coach. Um, the trust, if the trusted other is me, I take that responsibility quite seriously. If you say to me, I really need to address my health issues, I really need to file my income taxes, I really need to whatever it is, then I'm going to be your accountability partner and say, okay, let's take one step with that. Let's, what does that, what, how can we break this down and make it a baby step? And what can we do with me here by your side? Remember that lounge full of friends in the dormitory that we talked about in the first half of the show? Right think of it that way. All you need is one friend, one colleague, one partner, one coach, one whatever to stand next to you. That for me is the first step. Mm. We're not alone. Excellent. Well, when we talk, uh, come back, we will talk more about this because I, I love this step and I think it has a lot to do with also holding that faith in someone else when we don't necessarily have faith in ourselves. So knowing that someone believes in you can give you the strength and the courage. 
But uh, we'll talk more about this after the break. So stay tuned. Call in if you have any questions, 800-930-2819. And yeah, great topic. We will be right back. of being tired? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the adrenal glands, the workhorse of the body? They are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way. Tiny but mighty, producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality. These adrenals determine how you respond to stress and when depleted, the body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from adversity to awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We talk about the courage to go through the forks in your road that show up, for example, at the midlife point in our lives and how we get this courage and how we can find also 
yeah, that that desire, that heart inside of us that says, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a difference in my life. No longer wasting in autopilot mode. I'm going to move into a new direction. And, and I have with me my special guest, uh, Sherry Clark, who is a midlife courage coach and the founder of The Fork in the Road. And we just talked about how to instill courage. And in the break, we had... Uh, little discussion about other ways and homeworks that she gives her clients. And, and Sherry, uh, Sherry, why don't you share with us uh, that homework about generosity and being no, no longer stingy and uh, how that has a ripple effect in people's life? Absolutely. So uh, what we were saying before the break was um, I lead a, a group of women. It's worldwide and we meet virtually. And today's homework assignment is to be between now and the next time we meet, stop being stingy. And by that, I mean stingy with your um, compliments, your support, your uh, emotions, with telling people how fabulous they are, how much they mean to you in your life. And I asked each of the members of my group to identify three people in their life. And I said, and whoever you just thought of just now when I said that is one of them because somebody popped into your mind and I did even for these listeners. And then at least two others that you can express yourself to, that you can give them something without the expectation of anything in return, without attachment to a certain response or anything else that you are giving generously and in and of yourself for the sheer pleasure and joy of giving. And then we'll talk about what that feels like. Because as you and I were also saying in the break, that becomes harder to do as we get older. And that's the interesting part. You know, you mentioned before the, the slumber parties and the dormitory. And uh, although I think it changes a little bit too, that uh, not necessarily... You know, just because you're 18, you're totally open and vulnerable because vulnerability, unfortunately, is more and more seen as a weakness. And more and more of us are just hiding, even at younger ages, what really is going on, especially if these are more so-called negative emotions like insecurity and anxiety. But when we get older and we have been, and we talked about this in the break, Maybe being in control. Maybe we felt like, well, we are the responsible ones, so we cannot really show what's going on inside of us. Just reopening up and really sharing, not only sharing our problems, but sharing our gratitude, our appreciation, like you said in your, in your assignment there, it really does something to your heart. And I think it takes courage. I mean, this is a wonderful courage exercise because opening up and being vulnerable and showing your feelings it takes courage because most of us have that fear of rejection or it's not reciprocated or maybe it's criticized you know what's going on with you why you're so you know so soft and weepy and but at the end it doesn't really matter because what really happens to you and I'm sure uh, Sherry you can agree with that when you open up to sharing more of that what's inside of your heart, you actually benefit from it because you do feel also more open, not only to the people that you just shared this with, but to everything in general. It's like the door has opened to let life in in different ways. And, and I can imagine that's part of the fork in the road choices that you give people. It's, it's so much. It's so true. And 
some of what you're describing is what I call flow. Um, And when you're in flow and you're not afraid or embarrassed or stingy, not holding back, you mentioned generosity or you mentioned um, complimenting people and um, that acknowledging and gratitude. Um, as a as a public figure, and, and you're a public figure as well, we both get um, feedback from subscribers, from followers, from whatever. And sometimes it's constructive feedback. Somebody might point out something I said that they felt was inaccurate, and I appreciate that. But I also appreciate someone who will take the time and simply pay me a compliment or simply say, I really, I remembered something. In fact, it happened to me this morning. Someone mentioned a guest that I interviewed a year ago and, and made paid reference to that person and thanked me again for the series that I had done last May of last year. And it warmed my heart and it made me feel validated. And it made me want to continue to work hard because there are days in my life and perhaps in yours where you think, why am I doing this? Is anybody out there? Hello, hello, hello. Um, or you feel like, oh, you know, this, is it worth the effort that I'm putting in? Am I mattering? Do I make a difference? And the, when you get validation like that, that's going to last me three weeks. That's fuel in my tank. Yeah. And I think that's really something that is not only, you know, for people that are helping others. I think this validation and this need for validation is for all of us so incredibly important. You know, whether you have been, you know, staying at home or whether you have been working for someone or whether you have retired. And that is also something that I want to ask you about. You know, when people are used to get validations through, you know, their work or through their families, and all of a sudden that shifts. You know, they're, they're not there anymore. They don't feel like they contribute anymore. They don't feel like they have really any value anymore because they don't have these responsibilities to raise the kids. They're out of the house. They are retired. There is no one to take care of. What do you advise for people to still gain that sense of worthiness? without necessarily feeling like, okay, now I have to volunteer to get some kind of an appreciation. What do you feel like on a day-to-day basis someone can do to recognize I'm here and I matter, even if I'm not doing rocket science anymore or dealing with five screaming kids? What's your sense about helping people to find the intrinsic value in themselves? Well, one of the things and another assignment, so if people are listening and got out their pens, you can be doing some of my assignments and I'd love to hear from you how you do on these. One of the assignments that I give uh, to my group at a certain point, um, and it hasn't come up yet in the group yet. So if anybody in the group is listening in on this conversation, cover up your ears because we haven't done this yet. But I assign my group members to do what I call informational interviews. And what that means is identify someone that you know or or don't know, know of. Um, maybe it's in your community, maybe it's outside of your community, it doesn't matter. And that you, for whatever reason, have feel a connection, feel a pull, feel some admiration for, and schedule a time with them and ask them the kinds of questions, Freedom, that you're asking me. So they might, so let's say, for example, for me, I'm 63. Maybe I pick a woman that's older than me. Maybe I pick some, it doesn't have to be older. It doesn't have to be a woman. It can be anything, but I, I'm looking for someone to ask that question to, to say, 
maybe the person hasn't retired, maybe they've become affluent and don't have to work because they don't need to make income because they've, they've made an invention and now they have all the money in the world and they don't have to work. Mm-hmm. So they're in the same boat as me, perhaps, as a retiree. And I would ask them the question, so what do you do? Do you ever feel this or that or the other? Or do you ever... And don't view it just as one source. Do as many informational interviews with people as possible with the idea in mind being not that you're interviewing for a job, not that kind of interview, but in an inter- interview of one of curiosity, just like this is an interview where you're asking questions where, and I know I've interviewed you and I've interviewed a lot of people and there isn't one single interview I've ever done that I didn't walk away with a gem. And, it, and sometimes it's a big, valuable, it's the hope diamond. And other times it's a little tweak or a little something or an idea that I can follow. There's always an opportunity to learn. So for me, it's not about volunteering could be one of those things, but learning and learning from others. And preferably, especially in this day and age, live human beings, because we spend so much of our time online and in a virtual world where there isn't a face and a real person. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be somebody that you can touch. It could be somebody that is in another place, but I can see you right now. And I can have a feeling for your environment and the books that are important to you. I see your face. I can get a reaction from you. I know if you're, we're on the same page because you're gently nodding my head. You know, I have a cat and that I like fresh flowers. And you know a little something about me. And if there's anything I could change about this world, it would be to reconnect us as human beings. Because I worry for us as a society that we're becoming farther and farther apart and farther and farther away and more lonely and detached and isolated. And the courage comes often from others. The courage comes, as you alluded to, it's when I can't see the beauty in me anymore because my vision has become clouded, but I see it that you see it and I believe you. Beautiful, beautiful. And you're absolutely right. And uh, in that regard, I want to uh, do a little shout out to all the people that are forgotten and pushed aside simply because they are in their seventies and eighties. And uh, one of the gifts of my childhood was that my parents Uh, They were countryside doctors, as some of you know, and uh, they always visited their patients in retirement homes. There was one retirement home in the the town I grew up in. And so I often, in in the holidays, I went with my mom to visit these, um, these older patients. And I loved listening to their stories. I loved listening to what they had to share about their life and lives that were completely different than my life at that time. And certainly since, you know, the world has been changing so rapidly, I mean, when you talk to someone who is in their 80s, their experience of what life was like and our experience is just like two different planets. But there is so much knowledge and so much wisdom and so much depth in what those people hold that, we can no longer just push them aside as, well, sorry, you have no value anymore. So I love your exercise and and I hope people will go to their grandparents or maybe talk to someone who is in a retirement home just to have a chat about 
what life taught them and how they would recommend us to go through life with maybe greater meaning or a different pace or looking for other things than what we have been looking for. And one of my neighbors told me that um, she just retired and she was some, you know, some teacher in a, in a local community college, but she was also responsible for human resources. So she was a wealth of knowledge. And she told me, I've been working there for 35 years and I got replaced because, you know, I got retired. But no one of the younger people asked me about anything. No one asked me, so how did you handle this situation? Or how do you go about this way? So what she felt was that they just have to start from scratch again. Everything that she had learned in those 35 years that would have been of enormous help is basically going to waste. And every mistake she made and every little shortcut she found that was helpful, these people have to find again. And I think that's true for life in general. There's a lot we can learn from people that really are just wiser and more knowledgeable because they have been living longer and we just have to take the time to listen to them. So thank you, Sherry, for sharing this. We go into another short break. We will be right back. It's time to step into the power of yes. Creating the life you want is up to you. The power comes from saying yes to ourselves, yes to possibilities, and yes to change. Are you ready? Start achieving your goals and moving life in the direction you want. Tune in each month to Yes Minded Power Radio with Barbara Scheidegger to start living your future now. For more information about the show and working with Barbara, visit yesmindedpower.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Sherry, we just talked about courage and reaching out and learning from others. And um, I wanted you to give the listeners your website before I forget, because I think what you offer is unique and is really helpful and powerful for anyone who faces themselves with those forks in the road. So how can people learn more about you and your work and your groups and so on? Excellent. Well, um, two things. If you want to send me an email, you can just send it to info at fork-road.com. But my website address is www.fork-road.com. Excellent. Now, we have only a few minutes left, unfortunately, but one of the biggest challenges that all of us are facing 
as we are getting older is the fact that we are getting older. And I know many people that tell me that, well, I'm 55 and people ignore me, don't pay attention to me anymore. I'm 60 and I can't stand looking in the mirror because who I am now is so different than what I used to be. I'm 65 and I have to spend at least $10,000 to get somehow my face without wrinkles. And so there is a lot of resistance and struggle with the fact that we are naturally progressing in the way we look. How do you help people in this world? <laughs> uh, that's one of the harder ones, uh, truly. And, and I think you can divide them into two camps. One of them has to do with um, how we look. Um, and how we appear to others, and you and part of you alluded you alluded to part of that whole that as well. When um, as women we become we start to feel invisible, um, right. like when you're when you're there are no construction workers have whistled at me in a long time, you know, and they never I, whistled at me. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. They don't know what they were missing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, so you have that, that sense of that. And then the other part of it is the physical limitations. So one of them is cosmetic. And you mentioned that, you know, where you, where I don't look quite the same any longer. And the other one has to do with physical limitations. And I, I make the distinction between the two because the physical limitation ones, we can suffer with more silently. Um, the fact that I have somebody shoveling my driveway, people think, well, that's great. She makes enough money to pay somebody to do that without thinking that maybe I'm doing it because physically I don't want to, because I don't feel capable of doing it. Right. So um, I think acknowledging what the, what, where the issue is coming from, is it an ego thing? Is it because I don't look like I did in my passport, <laughs> which I don't, or is it because of my, um, because I have now, a lot of pairs of these around my house <laughs> and nobody likes to admit that. So um, I think that similar to my, in, my informational interview tip, I would say to not be fearful about having the discussion with others. We are all feeling it. We are all sensing it. Um, most of us need readers after a certain point in time. I was fortunate that I got to hold on a little longer. Most of us have horror when we look in the mirror <laughs> in certain things. Like I'm thinking to myself, I thought I just wore that bathing suit last summer. Why does it look like this now? What happened? And sharing that um, and having a frank discussion about what does that mean? And the other thing is, and this is, a, this, this is some people may take issue with me on it. I don't care. This is my opinion. I don't believe in things like cosmetic surgery and doing all of the things to hang on to our youth because I think that that keeps us from being graceful in the age, the age, the true age that we are. Do I wish I had fewer wrinkles and that my skin was smoother? Of course I do. But the reality is this is 63 year old skin. Now, I will confess, I color my hair. I, I would have gray under here. And that's where I choose to draw the line. I, I'll color my hair, but little else. So I think it's figuring out what you're comfortable with. And can I turn the table and ask you the question? Because you're a male. Do you, what do you think about that? Well, you know, for me, it feels just that we have at 50 earned the right to no longer care 
what other people are thinking about us. I think that's, you know, what I recommend to people just uh, that are struggling with this issue to no longer give their power away because it's a huge waste of time and a waste of energy. Ultimately, what we care about, whether we are noticed by someone or not, we don't really care about those people that don't notice us because they don't really matter to us. What should matter to us more is how we feel about ourselves, how we are feeling pride and confidence for what we have accomplished or what we are about to do and how we well take care of ourselves. Those are the things that matter. You know, when we are young in our 20s to 50s, you know, there is something where we are still so focused on this whole external validation. But when you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s, let's stop that. Let's just validate ourselves. Just focus on this is me. You take it or leave it, but I am owning myself. I'm no longer owned by someone else's opinion. I'm no longer the victim of rejection or criticism. I really don't care. I have no time to waste for that. I rather care about what makes me happy and how can I make you know myself just feel fulfilled and joyful without needing this from someone else to do this for me. I mean, I know for a male, it sounds, you know, while well, you have it easier because often, you know, women think that male age differently than them. Maybe it's true. Maybe we have really a big problem in our society that we are so youth oriented and totally ignore, you know, the fact that uh, aging is beautiful and that has to change. But I just feel like we have to change first and we have to change our attitude towards aging and embrace it and be grateful for it and see it as a blessing and not as a curse. Love it. You know, I'm so glad that you added that perspective. That's fabulous. Thank you. you between the two things that we said, I think listeners have a bookends for it's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. Well, so what would you just uh, as a final message, what would you recommend anyone who is approaching the fork in the road to just not go there and then stare at it like a deer in the headlight, but already prepare themselves and maybe get ready for that next chapter in their lives? I think um, launch headlong into it um, would, is my best advice. And by that, I mean um, acknowledge where you're at, um, and, and which is similar to what you've just said, and um, recognize that it's not doesn't have to be a lonely path. There are lots of us out there. We're, I'm a baby boomer, um, and we're still the biggest generation. And um, having a discussion about it is remarkably freeing. Um, when I said um, when you when you're getting older, to say to somebody, "Hey, I'm feeling this this sense." Some of the feeling that I have is grief. I grieve, I grieve the loss of my youth in some ways. I'm not ashamed of that or afraid of that. There are some things that I wish I could still do. And the reality is I just can't or choose not to, or it's not worth the effort, energy, or risk to try to do them. So to really realize that life is meant on this planet to be lived in tandem with others um, until our last breath. And I hope that people will understand and, and acknowledge and receive that your gift of your vulnerable self is a priceless gift. So give it freely. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, 
Thank you, Sherry. If you can, one more time, say how people find you. And maybe some people are also interested in your groups that you're offering and you have another summit coming up. Yes, absolutely. So um, the best thing, if you want to have a conversation with me, would be my email address, info at fork-road.com, or the website is fork-road.com. And um, so it's Fork in the Road, Sherry Clark, it's spelled S-H-E-R-E-E. And I love to, to hear from listeners, and especially yours, because I, I, you have a great following. Thank you very much. Well, another hour of Empowerment Radio is unfortunately already over again. I hope we were giving you some insights, tools, and uh, nudges on how to approach life and this coming fork in the road in ways that uh, gives you courage, faith in yourself, and joy in your existence in life in itself. And as just, I wanted to mention this, Empowerment Radio on Wednesdays comes to an end and shifts in March to Thursdays. So I hope you're going to follow Empowerment Radio to Thursday, first and third Thursday in March at uh, nine o'clock Pacific time, noon East Coast time. Thank you. Until then, take good care of yourself and value every minute of your life. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.